Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. So glad you guys stopped by. You guys share that my podcast and hit the support button if you like to support our um, nonprofit. It's connected to our nonprofit. Uh, guys, I just dropped in briefly for a second, for a minute, for a moment um, to ask the question, to talk about, actually, talk about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Guess what? We're getting ready to find out. I didn't say, are you a Christian? I said, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? How many of you know a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ? As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to mimic him. To He is our mentor. We're supposed to do the works that he did, do what he did. Uh, He came from heaven to earth, not just to die for our sins, but to show us how to do what he does. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are the children of God. We are sons of God. Okay, and um, we're getting ready to get in this one second, one minute, one moment. But before we do, you guys already know. We're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being in the middle of us, in the midst of us, for, uh, be, for being amongst us, Father, for being in us as born-again believers, Father. We thank you that we're, we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, Lord God. And we call, we say that we declare and decree that Jesus is Lord. Father, we thank you that by your stripes we're already healed, Lord God, that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. This COVID shall not prosper and to where it has been sent. It will not kill, still and destroy in the name of Jesus. We put the blood of Jesus over every listener that's on this podcast, their family, their household, their friends, everything and everyone that's attached to us, Father. We declare and decree healing. The blood of Jesus are surrounding them in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you the glory and honor. We thank you for opening our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Thank you for opening our eyes to see. And we just give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Once again, thank you guys so very much for dropping in on our pod, my podcast. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And today we're going to talk about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our subject for today. Where Jesus... Uh, had commanded his disciples to go out into the world and to make other disciples. Jesus said that he had been given uh, power both on heaven and in earth, and therefore to go into all the world and to make other disciples. Uh, you know that as believers, we're supposed to be making disciples, not churchgoers, uh, but disciples. Going to church is one of the things that a disciple do, and the purpose of going to the building, where we are the church, but the purpose of going to the building is so that we can receive the teachings. We're supposed to be being discipled as disciples of Jesus Christ. So after we're uh, being, being discipled or taught the, the word of God, the ways of God, and the will of God, then we're supposed to leave that, leave the building and go into the world uh, to do the work to put to work those things that we have learned as disciples. But that's where we have to be properly prepared and equipped for the work of the ministry. A lot of times we're not being discipled. We're getting like a Bible verse and metaphors, okay? Uh, but as when we're being properly prepared and equipped for the work of the ministry, because that's the purpose of the fivefold ministries, 
and we're being properly prepared and equipped. Eventually, you should be seeing other ministries being birthed within that ministry because healthy bodies give birth to babies, right? In other words, what I'm saying is healthy bodies give birth to other ministries. That's a good sign. That's a sign of growth. People should be uh, being raised up into their call being if when they're properly discipled because you have to be properly discipled. Don't confuse church work with the world's work, okay? We're called to do the work of the ministry. Yes, when we're doing our work inside the building, a lot of times we're just ministering to the saints, which is wonderful because we're supposed to love the saints, our brothers and sisters. But our ministry to the world is outside. It's to those who don't know Christ. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to seek and save those that were well, but I came for those that are sick, right? Because those that are well does not need a physician. So as born-again uh, believers, our purpose is to become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in John 8, 31 and 32, he says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth sets us free from sin. It sets us free from a lie. But a sign of, the, of a disciple is one who abides in the word of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about someone who knows Bible verses, but I'm also talking about a person who's a doer of the word. Remember the word of the word of God tells us, he said, it's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only, right? Because just knowing the word is not going to cause it to manifest. Uh, there's going to be something that we may sometimes have to actually physically do. Um, if it's nothing but walking in love and being a light in the midst of darkness. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to be the light of the world. Remember? He tells us, he said, let your light so shine um, before men that your, your good deeds, that they will see your good works and your Father in heaven will be glorified. Right? So uh, those are actions. People will see your works and, and uh, relate you to and your, so your Father in heaven will be uh, glorified. It says, let your light, let's look that one up. Let your light so shine before men, right? So that they will see your good works and your Father which is in heaven will be glorified. Matthew 5, 16 tells us. He said, let your light so shine before men. Let me let me look at the Bible up so we can maybe get more than one translation here. Okay. Five, Matthew's five sixteen. What is a, what is a sign a sign of a disciple of Jesus Christ? Okay, Matthew five sixteen says, um, "In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works." He said, "They'll see your good works, okay, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." In other words, they'll see your good works, and your Father. This is why we have to make sure that we see that our Father gets the glory and not us, that people are not thinking more highly of you than they ought, that you remind them that the good you see is because of the God, the good God that I serve, so that your Father in heaven can be glorified because we don't have the power to save, set free, and deliver anyone. Our goal as disciples of Jesus Christ is to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, to say what he saved, to go where he go and to do what he do. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are called to be ministers 
of reconciliators. We're called to reconcile people back to the Father. How do we do that? By allowing our light so shine. No one ex- is exempt. Let me, let's get this straight. No one is exempt from being doers of the Word of God. It doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter how long. You, if all you do is talk about the Word and you have no works, then all you do is just talking about the Word. Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. Every church and building, everybody a believer should have some type of outreach because without outreach, there's no action. Okay, outreach is Christ reaching out. There should be some type of outreach attached to your ministry, to the ministry that you're called to. If your ministry is called teaching or whatever, you should have some type of outreach attached to it. Whatever your ministry is, there should be some type of outreach attached to it because outreach is Christ reaching out. Okay, outreach is Christ doing the word. It's more to it than just knowing the word. We're going to have to actually do the word. So if, you, if you're going to teach on uh, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, which Jesus did, he not only talked about it. See, we look at the life of Christ. Jesus didn't just talk about the word. He didn't just teach the word. Jesus actually did the word. He was a doer of the word. And likewise, we too must be doers of the word. And not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. So Jesus came not just preaching the word, but he did the word. When he ministered to the multitude and they followed him, and the disciples said, well, send them away. He said, no, they came too far. They're famished. We got to feed these people. Jesus didn't just give them spiritual food, but Jesus fed them natural food. He wasn't just interested in their spiritual being, but he was interested in their physical being. Isn't that what he tells us in Matthews? To seek first the kingdom of God as righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us because he knows that we have need of food, clothing, raiment, shelter. God knows that we have need of these things and that whatever concerns you concerns him. He knows that we have need of these things, Right? So to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we can't just be concerned about our own interests, but we have to be concerned about the interests of others. We have to have love. Jesus tells us this. The the word of God says, a new commandment I give you to love one another. As I have loved you, so you also must love one another. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the way we'll be able to recognize a disciple of Jesus Christ is by the love that he has for others. How many of you know that love is an action word? Love is an action word. Even love itself is an action word. It was for God so loved that he gave. Love will cause you to give. Love will cause you to give of yourself, your time, your money, your substance. Love will cause you to give because love is an action word. And you don't have to, it, it, you don't have to get something out of it. Love does not give expecting to, you know, receive. In other words, I'm not just giving this to you so you can give something back to me. Don't get it wrong. You got to reap what you sow. But I'm saying your motive for doing something for somebody should not be so that they should have to give something back to me. That's not a good gift. I did a, a, a video on that. Talk about what the gift is not good. 
because you have some gifts that have strings attached to it and those gifts are not good gifts so when the gift is good it should not have any strings attached to it when the gift is God there won't be any strings attached to it you won't feel like anyone owe you anything because your motive for doing what you was doing was because of love and because you was led by the spirit of God but it doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter what our position is. We're all called to actually do the W-O-R-K, the works of Jesus. Jesus did not just come to do signs and wonders. He didn't just lay hands on the sick. But Jesus fed the hungry. He even washed their feet. He said, I did not come to be served. No one's exempt. Jesus himself said that he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. How many of you know Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. Matthews 20, 28 tells us, Jesus said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give life, to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus washed their feet. He cooked the fish. You know, Jesus was showing them Listen, do as I do. Follow me. Do as you see me do. John 13, 14, 15 says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done. Everything that Jesus was doing, he was doing it as an example for us to do. So when we don't know what to do, let's go in the word and see what Jesus did. So Jesus, one of the things that he he was saying to us, he was telling, he told his disciples, he said, all authority have been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He told us to go and make disciples. He told his disciples, he said, go and make disciples. Disciples are follow of Jesus Christ. He didn't say go make church goers. He said, go and make disciples in order for people to, um, I think this is what's really missing. A discipleship is being missed, being missing because I think sometimes people are afraid that if people learn who they are, they'll leave the house. That's what it's designed to do. We as parents know that the purpose of raising our children, training our children, discipling our children, uh, the purpose is not so they stay with us forever. But the purpose is that one day they'll eventually grow up and they'll leave the house. And that's the same way spiritually speaking. So there's nothing to be intimidated by when people begin to know who they are and they begin to leave the house that's that's how it was supposed to be you're supposed to disciple people and then send them out when people are properly being discipled they'll come into their calling and they'll have a clear understanding of what it is let me help everyone let me give some well, let me give you some things that we're all called to do as believers we're all called to do this as believers we're all called to serve right We're all called to serve. We're all called to serve others. Jesus said it. We're all called to serve others. Hold on one second. I'm going to tell you, we're called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We're all called to be ambassadors. All right. 
Hold on, let me feel. We're all called to feed the hungry, clothe the naked. We're all called to do this. We're all called to do these things, right? That's what Jesus did. We're called to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, right? Jesus said, he told his disciples, he said, look here, when you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. One second. I'm going to look this up real quick here. Give me a minute. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Jesus told them, this is what we're called to do. A lot of times people don't know this. Like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Well, hey, start with what Jesus said. It's very, uh, but what does that look like to you? Feeding the hungry might not necessarily mean you opening up a food pantry, but feeding the hungry, uh, maybe buying someone a meal, cooking something for someone and taking it to them, right? There's a lot of different ways to feed the hungry. There's a lot of different ways to clothe the naked. There's a lot of different ways. Um, So what we have to do is ask the Lord Jesus Christ, show me. How to feed. In what way do I need to feed the hungry? It might be just buying groceries for someone. That's feeding the hungry, right? When you're helping someone. Clothe the naked. It might not necessarily mean you're going to open a clothes closet. It may just mean find somebody that needs some clothes and give them to them. You know what I'm saying? Donate it to a church. Clothe the naked. But don't do your bare minimum. Because know this. If it doesn't cost you nothing, it don't count for nothing. It's like what Jesus said to the widow. He said she gave she gave the most because she didn't give out of her abundance. She gave out of her need. If it does not cost you anything, Jesus, it cost him his life. His gift to us was sacrificial. And so make sure that if it don't, if it don't cost you nothing, it don't count for nothing. If you're just, you know, okay, well, I can, I'm going to wait till I get paid. To, no, if the Lord said do it now, that's when you do it. You do it when it costs you something. Because it's easy to give out of your abundance. That's why Jesus said it was the widower that gave the most. Because she gave out of her uh, when she didn't hardly have much. If it doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't count for anything. Because anytime God asks us to do something, it's going to cause our flesh to suffer. Let me tell you why. Because the word of God is opposite to what our flesh wants. The spirit of God is opposite but, but guess what? The more we grow to learn to love God, the easier it is, it is to serve God. Jesus said, if you love me, then you will obey me. See, our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. There's no condemnation because it takes time to develop a love relationship. How many of you know that? Therefore, as the elect of God, he says, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must, must do the same. But above all, he said, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, he said, do all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. As disciples of Jesus Christ, everything that we do, we're supposed to do as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, our love for God causes our obedience to God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. 
So when we're to do stuff as unto the Lord, you must love the Lord. In other words, it's like, well, it doesn't have anything to do with what I want. It doesn't have anything to do with what I feel. Okay. He's not in our five senses. It doesn't have anything to do whether it's convenient or inconvenient. None of that matters. The only thing I'm going to do this because I love the Lord. It doesn't even matter how I feel about the person. See, when love is our motive, then God abides in us and we abide in him. When when you read the word that says, as unto the Lord, in other words, it says, wives, submit yourself unto your husband as unto the Lord. So what are you saying? You, in other words, you're saying, I'm doing this because I love God. That's why I'm doing this. My motive for my mission is because I love God. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with how, if I know the person or don't. It has nothing to do with what I feel. It has nothing to do with none of that. The only thing, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, the reason I'm saying what I'm saying, the reason I'm going where I'm going is because my love for God, the love of God, the Apostle Paul said, it's the love of God that compels me. In other words, it's the love of God that causes me to want to go and tell other people about the goodness of the Lord. As disciples of Jesus Christ, when we do things as unto the Lord, it's going to cause our light to shine. The, uh, Matthew say five sixteen English Standard. It says in the same way. It says, "Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." Now, when we're doing things as unto the Lord, it's going to bring glory to Him and not glory to us. Okay, it should bring glory to the Lord. It's so important because I don't know about you. I don't have a heaven and a hell to put a person on. And I I want people to understand that everything that they need is not in me. Everything that they need is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I promise you, I'm not going to answer the phone every time you call. But I tell you what, Jesus, every time you call on the Lord Jesus, he will answer. Every time you call on the Abba Father, he will answer. He's available 24 hours, seven days a week forever he's not confined by time he's never inconvenienced by us he don't have him you know sometimes i'm sleeping i don't even hear the phone ring but god never sleeps nor slumbers he's always on call so our goal as disciples is to let our light shine is to teach the word of god is to go and make other disciples uh not to cause them to mimic us but for us to them to mimic christ and we are a follower of Christ, and if we're living Christ-like, then we can mentor other people because it's not about them becoming like us. It's about them becoming like him. Make sure that your life, if you are a mentor, make sure that your lifestyle is, um, it reflects the Lord Jesus Christ because you want you want to help disciple our goal as believers. It doesn't matter where you're called into, the marketplace or wherever. As born-again believers... We're called to make other disciples. This is really what the fivefold minister is supposed to do: uh, prepare and uh, teach, prepare and equip us for the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh, pray, teach, make other disciples. But a lot of times we just do know what we think because know the Bible verses. That's not enough. Jesus taught the word and he didn't just teach it inside the building, but he actually came outside the building to where the people were. He said, I didn't come for those this well. I came for those that sick. 
The sick is the people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some assignment because it doesn't matter what your title is. This is stuff that we're all called to do as uh, disciples, as born again believers. We're called to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, lay hands on the sick. We're called to teach, exhort, encourage, and to rebuke. Uh, If you see your brother or sister in a sin, you know, we could go to them, right? You know, we can correct each other when we see each other. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. Meaning, a friend will tell you the truth, okay? Even if it hurts, a friend is going to tell you the truth, okay? So, let me, let me put your mind at rest because a lot of people are doing nothing because they don't realize and understand that there's no exemption. No one gets a free ride because Jesus Christ himself did it. Jesus Christ came, he came, he said, I didn't, the son of God, man, he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. So you don't know where to start. So a lot of people are doing nothing because they don't know. They think it is this big worldwide ministry, but I'm telling you what, you're not going to get to the world if you can't t- cater to your neighbor. You have your neighbor are those that surround you. If you're not willing to feed that one person, how are you going to feed the masses? If you can't be faithful over the little. If you're faithful over the little, the word of God says he'll make you ruler over much. And I believe that all the the prophetic words that's being given is awesome and they're wonderful and I believe them. Therefore, I receive them. I believe that there's not going to be, we're going to have sweatless labor. I believe all of that. I believe we're going to live in houses that we did not build with our land. I believe this is harvest time. I believe all of this. Just like, uh, but let me tell you what. It doesn't matter if I believe all this stuff. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do in the natural, it's not going to happen for me. Just like the children of Israel. That was a prophetic word. The Lord told them, I've given you this land. This the land of Canaan that's flowing with milk and honey. This is your word. This is true. I believe it. I receive it. But guess what? They was not able to possess the land, even though the prophetic word was true. Even though the word of the Lord, he gave Moses telling them, This is the land. God has given this to us. It's ours. Even though it was theirs, they still had a part to play. And their part was to go in and possess the land. So our part as born again believers, we're all called to do this as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your title is. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one is exempt. Your ministry, your life should have some type of outreach attached to it. What is your outreach to your community? Community service is Christ serving the community through you. Is Christ serving the world through you? What is your service to others? I'm telling you the most miserable people in the world are selfish people. Their lives are filled with me, 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 me. It has nothing to do with what the, I'm telling you, when you get yourself off your mind and you get God on your mind, that's life. That's when you pass from death unto life. When you have love for others, that's when you pass from death unto life. Spiritually speaking, Jesus says in Matthew 4, 19, he said, come follow me and I will send you out. I'll make you fishermen of men. We're called to be fishermen of men as disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not matter what your title is. If Jesus Christ himself was not exempt, neither are none of us. 
It doesn't matter how well you preach, teach, or do anything. Every, you should have some type of outreach attached to your life. And I know sometimes people say, well, I just, I give them the money. And that's good. That's good. You giving them the money. That's good. But still, what is your outreach to others? You know, that's good. You give money. That's wonderful. God told you to support that ministry. That's awesome. Okay. But still, what is your personal outreach? What are you personally doing to help someone else? Because it's when you begin to help other people that you feel alive. This is why it says, this is why you feel so good when you help other people. Because there's a blessing attached to your giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So when you're giving to others, and I'm not just talking about money, but if the Lord tells you to give money, you need to give money and not be stingy. It's more blessed to give than to receive because if it don't cost you nothing it don't count for nothing it should it should cause your flesh in somewhere or another to be discomfort it's going to inconvenience your flesh but once again like I said our love for God it causes our obedience to God and, and let me tell you this the more you grow to love God the easier it is to serve God because when you love someone you want to obey them it's just easy it's sweatless labor when you love someone, like I got up, I got, I bought some eggs for my husband the other morning, I think about three o'clock in the morning. That was not a problem for me. It was not a problem for me because my love for him, that's what caused me to want to do that. Yes, it was early, but your love for others, your love for God, that's what's going to drive you. That's what's going to compel you. And the more time we spend with the Lord Jesus Christ and develop that love relationship, loving him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, because that's the greatest commandment. We have to love him first before we can love others. That's He said, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord that God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. And then he said, he went on to say, and then you can love your neighbors as you love yourself. Um, John 14, 15 says, whoever has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. So when we love the Lord, he will reveal himself to us. When we love the Lord, he will reveal himself to us. This is what John 14, 15 says, whoever has my commandments and keep them is the one who loves me. So this is why I say our obedience, our, our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me, right? Because when you love someone, you respect them. When you love someone, you want to please them. So our love for God causes our obedience. This is why it's not really hard for me to obey God because I love God. And so the more we learn to love him, the easier it is to obey him. Why? Because it's the love. It's just like the apostle Paul said, it's the love of God that compels me. That's my driving force, right? That's the fuel that fuels me, that fumes me. That's the fuel that drives me, the love of God. God loves others. And when you love God, like God, you too will love others and you will be concerned about the needs of others and not just your own needs. And I'm not just talking about your four and no more, but I'm talking about strangers in the street. Um, 
you know, when you see something and it affects you, ask the Lord, what is it you want me to do about it? Is it something I can do? Yeah, give him a dollar. Give him 50 cents. Go by, stop your car and say, hey, what do you need? Sometimes people have signs saying they need food. If I'm at a store, I'll go inside. I ask them, I say, what do you want? And they'll tell you. And I'll go in the store and buy it. That's feed the hungry. I have went to, um, they be in the street saying that they're hungry, right? So I don't went to McDonald's and bought a, 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 did a U-turn, went to McDonald's, bought them a meal, and, and gave it to them. They said they was hungry, right? That's feeding the hungry. And stingy people always make excuses as why they can't do what God is telling them to do. Don't worry about that. If your motive is right and God is putting it in your heart to do something, what they do with it, that's between them and God. If the Lord has told you to do it and your motive was right, you're going to reap what you sow, right? Irregardless, you, you don't. There, let me explain this to you. There is no shortage in heaven. And fear is a spirit. And when we are afraid to give, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, emotionally, our time, our talents, whatever. Whenever we're afraid to do those things or selfish to do those things, when we're not wanting to give out of ourselves. Sorry about that. I had my phone on. Do not disturb. Whenever we're afraid to give out of ourselves, there is no shortage in heaven. Whatever you do for others, God will make sure it's been done to you. If you're not sowing nothing, you're not going to reap nothing. If you don't sow time, you're not going to reap. If you don't sow money, you're not going to reap money. If you don't sow an apple seed, you're not going to reap an apple tree. Don't get me wrong. I believe that I believe in everything. I believe about the. Uh, I believe that God can't give us money in the mouths of a fish. I believe all of that. I believe God. I believe in the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that, but that's not how we live. We don't live off of miracles, right? Really, miracles are for the unbelievers, according to the word. Jesus said, you're more blessed if you believe without seeing. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I won't. Um, Thomas said, I won't believe unless I can put my hand in your side. He said, well, God didn't do it. I'll let you do it. But you're more blessed if you can believe without seeing. He said, an evil and a wicked generation, they always seek a sign. Because when you got to always have a miracle, what you're saying is, God, I won't believe it unless I see it. In other words, you're saying, I believe it when I see it. That's doubt in God. That's not faith in God. But I thank God for his signs and wonders following his word. Because that's some people are not going to believe unless they see. The world is not going to believe unless they see. The world knows about religion, okay? The, even the world knows Bible scriptures, okay? They're not impressed by that. So I thank God for his signs and wonders following his word. That's what he says. That signs and wonders will follow his word. I thank God that his signs and wonders will follow this word. That people will be delivered and set free. That eyes will be opened. And that the people will begin to become doers of the word. That we will become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those that are in prison, visit those that are sick. So what does that look like to you? This is for everybody, no matter which title is. No one is exempt because Jesus Christ, the son of God himself, he did it. He said, I didn't come to serve, be served. I came to serve. So what is your service to your community? What is your community service? Your service to others is how God is manifested in the earth. God used people 
to help other people. Just like the devil used people to try to discourage and kill, steal, and destroy other people. God used people to help other people. And outreach is Christ reaching out to help others, through others, using others to help others. So let's begin to be, uh, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to feed the hungry, clothe the naked. So say, Lord, what does that look like for me? What does that look like for me? I know you're not telling me to open a food pantry. So how do I feed the hungry? I know you're not telling me to start a prison ministry. So how do I visit those in prison? Well, yeah, prison ministries that need Bibles. You can support it by giving money to it. You can pray for them. You can volunteer somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do what God say. He never tell us to do stuff and not tell us how to do it. What we have to do is say, okay, Lord, so what does that look like? He said, visit those that are sick in the hospital. They're not letting us do that now. Pray for people on uh, pray for people on, on Facebook. If you don't, for, ask God for wisdom. It ain't just the people in the hospital, the sick. Ask God, say, what does that look like for me? What does that look like for me? Okay, for them, they was called to open a food pantry. That's that's not how I'm called to feed the hungry. But so a lot of times when people don't know what to do, they don't do anything and say, oh, that's not me. Oh, I'm not called to uh, pray for people that's on drugs because I ain't never did drugs. How many of you know that's the greatest lie the devil ever told? The greatest lie the devil ever told is you can't minister to someone unless you've done it. How prideful is that? Because the truth of the Holy Spirit is the counselor. Okay, he is the teacher. He is the preacher. Jesus ministered to women, men, people of all. Why? The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Okay, so you don't have to do drugs to be able to witness to somebody on drugs because it's not even about ministering about their need. It's about letting this person know that whatever is wrong with you, God, the love of God is greater. That It's about us preaching the gospel to this lost, hurting world. Okay, to talk to someone that's on drugs, he's, he's not necessarily telling you to go start a rehab. Okay, but everybody needs to know the gospel of the Lord. It was for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son to die for you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't teach sin to sinners. Okay, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we don't t- we don't preach to sin to sinners because sinners sin. As believers, we preach we preach the love we teach and preach the love of God to those who don't know God. Because how many of you know the Word teaches us that it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. It's the goodness of God. So this is why I say go and show go and, and uh, show some goodness and kindness to someone. Who, who, they, who probably don't even think they deserve it. So they can be drawn to the God that you serve. And some flyers. You know what? Go get some cards. Put them in your car. And when you see a homeless person in the middle of the street, have some Bible verses written in there. Have Romans 10, 9 and 10. God, or God is a present help in your time of trouble. Something about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's sowing seed. There's a lot of different ways to minister to people. You guys, go on my We Care page. I think I posted a few ways, different ways to evangelize. We're all called to do the work of an evangelist. Why is this? Because as disciples and believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're all called to do what Jesus did. 
It might not look the same, but we're all called to do the same thing. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Uh, Those that are in prison, pray for the sick. We're called to do those things. Jesus said that when you've done it unto them, you've done it unto him. So when we're ministering unto people, we're ministering unto Jesus. When we're serving people, we're serving God. The way we serve God is by serving others. And I'm not just talking about the saints because we are called to serve the saints. That's what we do in the building. That's inward ministry. But outward ministry is outreach. Outward ministry is ministering to those you don't know. Because even sinners can be kind to those that's kind to them. You see what I'm saying? So if you only give to people that you know, then you're really not so much giving to God. You're just doing what's comfortable to you. It's not costing you anything. If it don't count for nothing, if it don't cost you nothing, it don't count for nothing. Jesus came and it cost him his life. He became a living sacrifice and it cost him his life. We was the joy. The blessing the blessing is attached to your giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The blessing is attached to your giving. Whether it's a word of encouragement, whether you give a hug, whether you give a smile, whether you give a, you know, it's so important. But these are the works of Christ. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, lay hands on the sick. Serving others is how we serve God. So be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you're deceiving yourself. If all you do have a teacher ministry and you don't have no outreach, then you're not a doer of the word. I'm sorry to tell you. Because outreach is Christ reaching out to others. And I'm not saying that you have to have a big worldwide outreach ministry. But somewhere, some, go, go volunteer somewhere. They need mentors in the prison. They have this mentor program in the prison. They need mentors in the shelter. Go volunteer. Go serve your community. I used to serve at Dallas Life as a mentor. So I was able to talk to these women about Christ and I was able to see them graduate. You know, go help disciples. To really, when we're talking about mentor, really as believers, we should be talking about discipleship because our goal is not to make people like us. Our goal is to help disciple people so they become more like Christ. I'm saying as born again believers, let's not get so caught up in the spirit of the world uh, because even in the marketplace, Jesus operated in two places. He was a carpenter. That was his day job. But he, it did not take away from him being the son of God. You see, you don't put on character and take it off. I had, I, had, I said something to this one guy once. He was a minister and he was doing business and we were doing business with him. And I began to say, listen here, as a pastor, this is not Christ-like. And they said to me, Hold on, but you can't put the two together. I said, hold on. So what are you saying? You take off the character of Christ when you come into the marketplace? He apologized. No, you cannot be a swindler in business. You have to be honest because you're always a Christian, you know, a follower of Jesus Christ. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, even in the workplace, there is no compromise. This is how we let our light shine. When we do not compromise, this is how we let our light shine in the marketplace. When we don't gossip with them, when we don't hate, you know, when we don't talk evil about the boss, but we say, let's pray it for him. That's how we're being a light. We're called to live opposite to the world, not like the world. 
be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you have a ministry, teacher ministry, apostle, whatever your title is, I don't care. I'm not impressed by that. Jesus said that the way you're going to know my disciples is by the love that they have for the brothers, right? If we say that we love God, but we don't have we love our brothers or sisters who we can't see, then we are a liar and the truth is not in us. We have not passed from darkness unto light. Love is an action word. Love is an action word. And it should compel you. It should cause you to want to go and tell others. It should cause you... Meet the need of the person, okay? If you see and know that a person has a need, and it's in your power to do it, which a lot of times it is, but sometimes we're just too stingy to do it, then that's when you give. You don't tell this person, well, wait till the first and I'll give it to you. No, if they say they need food right now, hey, there's so many different ways now to do stuff. You can buy food for people online and have them go pick it up. Say, hey, what's your zip code? You can buy groceries for people in other states. What's the Walmart that's closest to you? I'm going to buy you some groceries and you tell me what you need and you go there and pick it up. I used to buy diapers for this lady. Never better. I did video call her. We did talk like that. And I did see her. But, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit is there for. The Holy Spirit is there to help us to discern, to know to know what's what and what's not, to help us to know if it's a good spirit or demonic spirit. It, it will even let you know it's a deserter of the thoughts and it knows the intents of the heart. It will even let you know someone's lying. But just know this. This is what the world do, right? The world tells lies. Okay, sinner sin. Okay, we're called to reach the masses. We're called to reach the world. You're called to reach those people that are in your influence. You're called to be a light in the midst of your darkness at your workplace. It may not be, no, it's not about you sitting there preaching a sermon, but your light is your lifestyle because he goes on to say, so they'll see your good works. They're going to see your behavior. They're going to see your character. That's how they're gonna. your father's going to be glorified because then they're going to come to you and say something different about you. People on your job will become to come, yeah, they come to you during lunch break wanting prayer. But you can't do what they do. You can't say what they say. You can't act the way they act because your father is not, our father's not glorified in that. And you always have to take a stand for Christ. You cannot compromise. Can't live one way in the building and another way outside the building. Watch your words. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. You can't just be up saying anything. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You cannot go along to get along. You're called to stand out, not to fit in. You're called to stand out, not to fit in. Okay? And that's what's going to happen to you. Because your lifestyle, it should bring conviction. Your lifestyle should bring conviction. Not where you're being holy roller or preaching. No, the fact that you don't do what they do is going to bring conviction. Because how many of you know when people are doing evil, they want other people to do it too, so they won't feel convicted. And so, yes, you're going to be persecuted for living like Christ because then they're going to start saying things, oh, they think they're better than, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. You haven't said one word. Your lifestyle it brought that conviction, that anointing that's on you. Isn't that what happened to Zacchaeus when Jesus went into his house? He began to repent. Well, now I'm going to pay everyone I know and I'll pay double to some. And guess what? When Jesus, when the God in you, when the anointing is on you and you step into a room, people should start putting away their alcohol. Putting, not that you said anything, but because of the anointing that's on your life, it brings conviction on their life. 
But don't condemn them. Make sure you love them. Because remember, it's the goodness of God that draws his people to repentance. Okay? I'm getting ready to end it here. So a lot of you that's sitting there and you're allowing your gifts and uh, talents to lie dormant. I'm getting ready to give you a plan so you can know what to do because a lot of you are doing nothing. Okay? So feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those that are in prison, pray for the sick, serve others. Find some way to serve others. That's what we're all called to do as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, as ministers of reconciliators, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're all called those. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're in the fivefold ministry or not. We're all called to do the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a ministry and you don't have outreach, you need to attach some outreach to it because outreach is how we do the works of Jesus Christ. Outreach is Christ reaching out. We're all called in some way, in one way or another, as a believer, to feed the hungry. If it ain't nothing but paying for somebody's groceries at the grocery store, buying, buying something for your neighbor, knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm getting ready to go to the store. You need anything. That's, that's, that's outreach. So when we don't know what to do, we do nothing. So now we're, we're without excuse. We know what to do. We're do what Jesus did. Look in the words. He washed people. He served other people. Christ came not to be served, but to be to serve others. So if you're not serving others, and I'm not just talking about those little clicks and the ones that you know, because even sinners do that. Find someone you don't know to serve. Find someone you don't know to help. You know, if it ain't nothing but baking the cake and sending it across the street to your neighbor, you know, or you hear that your neighbor's sick, sending them, they might not want your food, send them a, a can of soup or something. You know, there's a lot of different ways. When, when, when God brings somebody across your radar, when he, he arrests you and he causes your attention to be focused on something, that's your assignment. Okay, Lord, so show me how. I, I remember years ago, and I'm getting ready to end it. I lived by this lady, and they had this. They had the Confederate flag on their por- their porch. They was letting you know, hey, we don't like you, and all this stuff, right? But I knew that this lady, this, these people were my assignment. Our fence, we shared the same fence in the backyard. Our backyard shared the same fence, and so it happened that the house we moved in, the fence needed to be redone. It was falling apart, and and, and so it was part on their side and my side too. And, and praise the Lord, that was how I was able to meet this neighbor with this Confederate flag on her front porch. Because I'm like, okay, Lord, how can I, you know, how can I meet them? You know, how can I? I don't care nothing about that flag being on her porch. You're greater than any of that. But anyways, he did fix it for me to be able to um, to talk to this lady about the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boy, she, she put her finger up and said, F your God. And I say, God, and you know what? That did not discourage me because I understood, you know, that this is somebody, this is who Jesus Christ came for. So I begin to tell her, you know what? Jesus loves you. You not loving God does not stop God from loving you. And eventually he broke this lady down with this Confederate flag. And she picked, she picked up one of my family members one time, walking down the street, gave him a ride. You know, one plant, one water, but God causes it. He gives the increase. So don't you can't be afraid to do what God tells us to do. When you're when we're being persecuted for righteousness sake, always remember and know that greater is he that's within you 
the he that's within the world. You have the greater one living. On the, we have the greater one living on the inside of us. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Okay? And you're not alone. It's not you doing it. It's God. Want, he wants to do it through us. So today my prayer is, and we get ready to end it here. Father God, we come before you this day as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, as ambassadors and ministers or reconciliators, Father God. And we ask you today, this day, that you use us, Father. You use us because you said you did not come for those that's well, but you came for those that's sick. So use us, Father, today to reach someone who's not saved, someone who don't know you, to love on someone, to help someone come back, to turn their heart back to the Father. Use us today, Father, to show your goodness to someone that we don't know, someone who don't know you. And Father, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And even as I'm praying right now, the Lord is bringing stuff to me to do for today. Even as we're praying right now, he's setting my day, even as I pray. And Father God, we just glorify you. We thank you that our footsteps are ordered by you. So we ask that you lead God and direct us in Jesus' name. And I just heard the Lord say, don't think that you don't, you can't do anything because of uh, where you're at. Right? Because he told Moses, he said, what is it you have in your hand? You know, post a, a Bible scriptures. If you don't do nothing but every day, post Bible scriptures on Facebook. Do something. We're all called to do something. Remember that the blessing is in the giving. The blessing is in the giving. And when we the way we when we love others, that's how we pass from death unto life. When we love others, when we love God, it will cause us to love others because God loves people. Know that God loves people. He loves more than just your four and no more. I'm ending it. And today I pray that the Lord will make his will for today known in your life because when we've done God's will for today, we've fulfilled God's will for our life for today. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. He's promised to order our footsteps. That's a step at a time, a day at a time, a second, a minute, a moment at a time. Okay. God is not confined by time. Be faithful over a little so he can uh, train you and prepare us so he can make us ruler over more, over much. Again, thank you so much for joining in. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. If you guys would like to support our, our uh, nonprofit Week Here, it's Week Here, W-E-E-C-A-R-E 1966.us. That's our website. Donate there. Use your debit card, please. Uh, it's debit card or PayPal. Uh, PayPal. We prefer if you can use your debit card. Um, if you'd like to support me, our, our outreach, uh, it's Pearlie. P-E-A-R-L-I-E J Martin or hit the support button if you like to support our podcast. All proceeds go to our nonprofit. You guys be so blessed, be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Focus on not just your needs, but focus on the needs of others. Because really, when you're about the Father's business, Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. And it is harvest time. Not just for us to receive wealth and riches, but eat. the purpose of us receiving the wealth and the riches is never for us to just squandle on our own flesh, but it's always to be a blessing to someone else. Know this, never be afraid to give because you cannot outgive God. We reap what we sow. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And that's not just for evil things. That's for good things too. Uh, my prayer is that the blessing of the Lord be upon you and your household and whatever your hands touch. It will prosper. And wherever your feet go, the favor of the Lord will 
follow you and will be on you. In Jesus' name, may his plan, his purpose, his perfect will for your life be revealed. Because as we begin to love on God, God loves on us and he reveals himself to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we have that for you revealing yourself to us. We have revelation of Jesus Christ. So he will not be just a man upstairs, but he will be a man inside of us. Know that the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm ending it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. And once again, keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day.